We want to thank today's sponsor, FindMeCandidates.com. If you are having trouble finding great candidates for a position that you're trying to hire in your company, this is the solution, findmecandidates.com. You get to leverage their buying power to get your job listing top of mind in the best job boards available to find the best candidates for your job. So go check it out at findmecandidates.com. Welcome to Business Playmakers the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Well, thank you for joining us uh, on this week's episode of Business Playmakers. We have our friend Dave Feynman with us um, and uh, really a, an expert in kind of the digital space that we all struggle to understand and know what to do with. So, um, so Dave, I'm going to hand this over to you here. Why don't you kind of walk us through your, your experience and kind of your history and help us understand how you got to where you are and what that journey has looked like. Yeah, so, so a little bit of background on me. Um, right now, I run a video solutions company called Viral Ideas. Uh, we we uh, we help companies in two ways. We have uh, video solutions products and on-demand video editing called Flixation. Mm-hmm. Um, to back it up, you know, I I started my first company in high school, so I was 16 when I started started my first business. Always really been an entrepreneur. Uh, started a business in college as well. Um, so had that for a bit, um, and then eventually landed on Viral Ideas with my my now business partner Zach Medina. Yeah. Yeah. And so what led to the idea of viral ideas and, and what got you into that space? So it's, it's an interesting story. So, so we, we, we saw this white space kind of, kind of like you were saying in the introduction, right? Like there's, there's a gap in understanding of the digital world and it's yeah. really difficult for companies to understand how they can fully take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we, you know, developed a domain expertise in video through some, some past companies and figured out how it all works for social media and online use. So we built a, basically a modern media production video solutions company where, you know, for, um, for companies and brands were, were able to, were able to essentially, you know, help them, you know, help them create for the modern world. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And, and so, you know, one of the things I like to talk about too, I mean, you know, through the course of that, and, and first of all, you know, just, just how interesting, you know, starting a business at 16 and then doing the same thing, starting something in college. I mean, so you've, you've always had sort of that entrepreneurial bug. Um, but w- what kind of mentors have you had along the way that have either helped shape that, that mindset and sort of that can-do attitude that, that starting a business and doing this is something that's realistic? Or, or what type of mentors have you had that have helped just kind of launch you from there and actually do something and make something of these business ideas that you've had? So, so I'm definitely going to give you like a weird answer to this question. So I've had a lot of mentors, right? So, but I've, I've been really, really, I would call it strategic about, about the way mentors have happened, right? So, one, yeah. so I, I had a couple of my first mentors, you know, guys that have a tremendous success in business, you know, early on. And, you know, they really helped guide me to build, you know, you know, my first, my first few companies. Mm-hmm. But 
I, w- I would say, I would say now when, when I go for mentorship and when I go for advice, I go for that spe- really, really specific advice. Yeah. Um, I give you a, a perfect example uh, of this. We're, we're actually looking to start a podcast over here uh, for you know around you know around um, a topic in our you know within our flexation business. Yeah. And we weren't exactly sure how to do it, so we found you know someone in our network who has a tremendously successful podcast, and we sat with him for an hour. And, yeah. and had him basically mentor us on what to do and probably saved us, uh, you know, hundreds of hours of oh, investigative yeah. research in an hour call. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't even have to pay for it. So, so right. <laughs> it's just even better, you know, hundred hours of time is a lot, it's a lot to pay for, but you yeah. know, you have someone that can mentor you through different things. I, I feel like that's, that's the best type of advice. So, yeah. you know, uh, that, that, that's, that's how I've been viewing mentorship lately. Yeah, well, and that's a, that's a smart way to do it. I, I like that strategy. Um, you know, I've heard. You know, obviously, there's a lot of different ways to kind of be mentored and, and to to invest in yourself through others like that. But um, but I always like that strategy of you know, here's an area that I need to focus on. Who who do I know that's an expert in that? And let me just spend some time with them. Um, you know, because you did, to your point, and of course, you know, there's all types of different things out there. But podcasting being one of them. I mean, you know, I know I spent, I did, I spent hours and hours and quite a bit of money, um, you know, whenever I was launching this a couple of years ago and, um, there was a lot involved in it. And so that's one of the things I I like to do now whenever I'm, um, you know, when people ask about the podcasting, I'm like, Hey, look, let's just sit down. I can probably tell you everything you need to know in an hour, uh, and save you the time of having to do, you know, all of these other things and try to do the trial and error of, of learning it the way that I have. And so, um, that, you know, that makes a big difference whenever you ever find people in your contact sphere that can help with that. Yeah, especially if they've been through it already, like like your example with you know the podcast, you've you've been through it, you've been through you know the learnings of it. So yeah. you, know, you can tell them exactly what equipment to buy, exactly what softwares to use, exactly how to publish it. You know, right? Get through it easily, and I think that can be applied to like any situation. Like there's mm-hmm. occasion where we'll need mentoring on you know what to do with an employee, and you speak with someone who has 200 employees, and you know, right. it's, they give you a very simple, logical answer and <laughs> yeah, just calm yeah. down, you know, based so. on experience. Yeah, exactly. It makes a difference. Well, so, um, you know, through the course of your career, you know, I'm sure there've been some high moments and some low moments. Um, what's something that you look back on right now as sort of a pinnacle or a high for you, a, a moment that really, um, you feel like has, has sort of helped shape you in a positive way. That's a really good question. I would, I would say, <clears throat> I would say that the, the first the first business I started really changed my life, yeah. and I, I've never talked about it like this. But you know, I, I had a friend in in high school um, who me, me and him started the business together. Is, is um, and we, uh, you know, I, I really didn't know I had doing this in me. You know, I, I had no idea this was something I, I was capable of doing. Yeah. So you know, we we formed you know we formed the venture. It was it was actually a, it was a run. It's called the Bucks County Half Marathon. Mm-hmm. We formed the venture together and you know, built it up over, over six years. So it was actually, a, it was a six year running business um, and just learned a lot. So I would say of any moment in business, it was actually just, just starting it is yeah. really what, what changed my life. You know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't any crazy moment in business. It was just kind of like getting started and learning that this is something I enjoy doing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm only 26 now, but I've, I've now had 10 years of experience in entrepreneurship. So it's, right. 
so it's you know it's 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 been a, it's been a fun ride through it and it wouldn't have happened if i didn't just take that leap of faith when i was mm-hmm. when i was young and and you know and i do i think that's really interesting at 16 to start that because i think um you know, statistics would show that most people don't, most entrepreneurs don't start their own business until they're in their thirties. Um, and a lot of times it's because of the influence, you know? And so there's a big, there's a huge gap in there just based on people that have some sort of influence in their world to, um, you know, to say that like entrepreneurship exists. Did you have anybody, um, at a younger age that you were able to look at that sort of helped you understand like entrepreneurship is a real thing that, you know, going out and starting your own business, that's a legitimate thing that someone can do. So I'll tell you this. So before I started the business, I thought I wanted to be uh, go into medicine and, and be a physical therapist or surgeon. Oh, yeah. well, it was one of those two things. So yeah. I I didn't realize that you can start a business. I had no idea. Like I, <laughs> I it, it was like a totally foreign concept to me. Yeah. Um. So my it was actually the the friend that I started business was the business with in, in high school. His father was actually in business. Okay. So so he you know he he kind of brought in my understanding of what it actually means to own a business and what is equity, what is ownership interest in a business and right. how, and how that all functions. Yeah. And, and then, you know, along the way, just my, my understanding of all that obviously has deepened much further than that sure. since then. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's just different people on the way have taught me different, you know, different things. And I've, I've learned a lot on my own as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. That's it's good to have those people around. Well, so as you as you sit here right now, and you know you've had an opportunity, you start a couple of businesses, you've got things going now with the video company. Um, as you sit here right now, how do you define success? How how would you define what success looks like for you? So, so I, I, I have a I have a motto that I live by, and it's uh, be happy, spread happiness. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's my belief that that a lot of a lot of happiness and joy within people and in yourself can be manifested through, through kind of like your own attitude and your own, you know, presence. So we, we bring that belief into, into our company and, you know, through, through viral ideas and fixation, we try to, whether it's our customers to the videos we make through, um, you know, interactions that we have with people, we try to, you know, be happy and spread happiness. You know, so that, that, that's really, you know, what I define as success is, yeah. is if, if that's happening and, you know, in doing that and, and in being positive within the business, positive with our clients, positive with, you know, our, our vendors and employees and people that work for us, you know, we've been able to increase our business size. And it's because mm-hmm. it's because we come in and we, you know, elevate the mood of the people around us versus, you know, pulling them down. So success to yeah. me is doing, is doing that. It's, you know, financial end of it. Yes. That, that that is a quantifiable metric to measure success. Right. However, I, I believe that comes with, you know, a number of different factors, that being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit. So, um, you know, you talk about, you know, that impact that you have on the people around you and, and kind of spreading that happiness. So, <clears throat> As you, I mean, as the business grows and as, as you have an opportunity to work with and work around more people, how would you define um, kind of your management style or, or, or how are you, um, uh, you know, how, how are you being intentional about the way that you are motivating um, the people that you're working with? It's a good question. Um, so, I'm actually, I would not consider myself the greatest manager. My, my yeah. business partner, Zach, actually handles a lot of the day-to-day management of, of the team. Yeah. But, 
know, in, in, in what, in the management, in the management that I do, um, and, and in working with kind of a couple members of our team, cause he, cause he, he, he does manage the lion's share of the team. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say, you know, the, the biggest thing, the biggest difference that I see, uh, is, is just, is just treating people in a respectful, polite, kind of happy toned mm-hmm. way. You know, you can deliver, you could deliver a negative message in a positive way. Right. That makes sense. You know, there, yeah. there's, there's, there's more than one way to deliver a message and people, and people, I, I really do believe that people appreciate that form of communication. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I guess in my limited scope and knowledge and <laughs> deliverability of management, I, that, that's, that's what I think makes, makes a big difference in people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and though, into that, the other thing I'd like to dive in a little bit with you, especially Dave, is, um, you know, of course, there's <clears throat> there's a lot out there, uh, and kind of a pet peeve of mine is is um, you know all the negative press around millennials and millennials in the workforce and yada yada, and you hear all these ridiculous, crazy things about how awful the millennials are in the workforce. And so, um, admittedly, that's just kind of a just a burning thing for me that I really get frustrated hearing over and over again. But for you, as an entrepreneur. Uh, who is a millennial, and I would imagine being in the you know the industry you're in, you're working with a lot of uh, kind of a younger workforce. How do you particularly like what what is what is it <clears throat> if you were to tell others how to best manage someone like you that's bright, got a great mind, forward thinker, entrepreneurial driven? Um, how do you like to be managed? What, what is it? What are the characteristics that you look for in someone that's going to be managing you if you were in that situation? It's a really good question. Um, well, I would, I, I like being my own boss. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, for, for, for me, I'd be a really difficult case to manage. Yeah. But, but, you know, if you do have someone who's kind of, you know, enterprising within your organization and, you know, who has entrepreneurial tendencies, you have to, you have to almost recognize what they're capable of doing for your business. Right. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have someone, you know, if you have someone that's, that's wired like me within your organization, you're in, you should consider yourself in a way lucky because they can build, yeah. they can essentially build for you. Right. right. Um, and they can, they can do things and, and create with, you know, perform some sort of entrepreneurship in a company. Mm-hmm. But, but to be frank, what, what I found is, you know, a lot of people, don't necessarily want that within a job. They want to. They want to come into an existing system. Yeah. So you know, you know, you you have your people within a company that are that are creating the systems, that are building the processes, that are that are innovating, that are changing the company. Mm-hmm. And then you have then you have the people that are actually running the processes within a company. And there's, yeah. there's I think there's two different distinct categories with within a company. If you if you break it down and yeah, um, you know, you want to you want to let your leaders lead, and you want to you want to you know, if you have someone in your organization who can be a leader, who's, who's a millennial, they're, they're really, in a lot of ways, they're, you know, they kind of want the same things that our, our parent generation does, except we just have a lot more debt, a lot more like, there's a lot, there's a lot of different other factors that play into right. the millennial mindset. Yeah. Like, and if you, if you study them, and I can go on about this for a while, but if you study them, you know, you got student debts. If you ask the average millennial, they probably have some form of credit card debt. Right. They have limited to no un no understanding about how, you know, finances and the financial world works. Right. So, right. you know, I'm speaking in broad generalizations, which I don't usually like to do, sure, but yeah. you know, it's statistically, this is, this is what, you know, the millennial generation has been pulled. Mm-hmm. You know, so to be frank, not too far off from like, you know, 
past generations, except for like some debt and, you know, we yeah. grow technologies. Yeah. We, everything's got to run efficiently. But the millennial is not an alien creature, you know, so it's, yeah, it's like you just, you just got to create, you know, create an environment that, that anyone can thrive in and a millennial should be able to thrive in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I agree with that completely. I, you know, the, the way that I oftentimes respond um, when that question gets asked, so I, I work in a lot of workforce development. I do a lot of management development and, um, and recruiting. And so right. I'm in that workforce space all the time. And, um, and, you know, that's something I get asked about frequently, you know, about the millennials and the generation of millennials in the workforce. And, you know, one of my responses is, well, what is it that you, that you don't like about them? And whatever the list of things are, you know, um, don't want to work, aren't committed, lazy, no work ethic, whatever. Like, is that not the same way that the generation before them was described and the generation before them and the generation before them? I mean, every generation describes the next as no work ethic, not want to work, not committed to their job. So, yeah, um, you know, it's just, it's the next generation. I think, I think that the biggest difference now is that we have so many more resources telling us those things because it's not just my experience in a company of a hundred people. It's everyone else's experience around the, the world and telling us on social media and, you know, looking up the five reasons why millennials are terrible or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. so it's, it's really just because more people are trying to convince us of this than it is a reality that that's, that, that, that there's any difference. It's just, it's, it's a new generation of in our workforce and that we have to, um, we have to learn to, to work with that. But no, I, I like I, that. I agree completely. It, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like with anything. It's kind of if you view it through a lens and, you, yeah. and you're and you're and you view it through a bias, then then that filter is going to that filter is going to uh, you know tick off in your brain right. and say, okay, you know, if 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 a millennial employee is being lazy, yeah. you're going to chalk it up to the fact that they're a millennial, not right. that they are a human being lazy. Exactly. So it's it's yeah. kind of you have to you have to you know. I, I think I think it's it's really you know the companies that want to you know, doing tons of research on, you know, how can I, how can I be better for my millennial employees? <laughs> just yeah. research of how can I be better for my employees as a whole? Employees, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. Look, at your, look at your own whole employee base and see. Right. Um, and well, and I think, I think the same holds true. <clears throat> you know, you, you can, you run the risk of a lot of self-fulfilling prophecy in there that, um, you know, if you have two employees that come in 10 minutes late, one is, you know, 26 year old and the other one's 56 years old. And you think of the 56 year old, Oh yeah, you know, they must have had, a, you know, a flat tire or something this morning. And there kids or whatever. Yeah. I just lazy, you know, had to go get his coffee. Well, the, and if we start treating employees that way, based on that, instead of, and one of the things that I love that you had mentioned, you know, as far as, you know, just that understanding who these people are and working with people, getting to know the people in, in your workforce, kind of in a one-on-one and a personal level, well, if I just go to either one of those and say, hey, what's going on? It's not like you show up late. But if I start treating a 26-year-old differently because they showed up late and because of everything I'm told this generation is, um, well, then, you know, that's to your point. That's kind of the filter. That's the lens that I've put on. Uh, and then, of course, there will come a time when they will start behaving exactly as I've sort of instructed them to behave. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's good. I appreciate your insight in that. Um, you know, especially someone that's kind of, you know, smack dab in the middle of that. I really appreciate the insight. So <clears throat> let's look, let's look forward a little bit. Um, you know, at 26 years old, you've already started three um, companies with different types and, and you've, you, like you say, you've kind of got that, that bug or that spirit in you. So as you look forward a little bit, 
let's say in the next 10 years, um, what kind of career goals do you have out there? What, what is it that you're looking to do? What does your journey look like in 10 years? It's a good question. So, so I, I really think it takes a decade, 20 years to build you know, a company. I mean, if you look at, yeah. you know, I, I was just over at, um, you know, a 150 year old company yesterday. Wow. And, I, you know, when you walk into their office, they, they stated that they were founded in 18, you know, whatever, you know, I forget the exact mm-hmm. date, but I look at, I look at little viral ideas. Who's got three years of, of experience and, and time in, in the market. And I think to myself, you know, it's going to take me, you know, a lifetime to build up my company. So yeah. whether we're doing, you know, wh- whether the business is doing video in 10 years, that, that's a question I, I can't answer. I, you know, I don't have mm-hmm. a crystal ball and fully understand like <laughs> what the market's going to demand, but yeah, you know, I have every intent to, you know, continue building businesses, uh, you know, that solve, you know, that solve problems in the world. And, and yeah. that's really, that's really at the end of the day, what, you know, what I enjoy doing. So, yeah. you know, Ten years, you know, I have to you know, solve you know solve a lot more problems and you know larger problems within the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you all are um, you're in Pennsylvania, um, and then uh, you know you you have clients and kind of connections and capabilities all over the country. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, we um, we we operate you know in, in, in multiple different states. So so we you know all, all over the country. We actually have some some clients. Um, all the way out, extending out to Australia. So we got, wow. you know, we got a, we got a decent size, um, size. And we also have some, we also have some employees, um, stationed out elsewhere around the world. We have, we have, we have an office in, uh, in Uruguay as well as the Philippines as well. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing, you know, as technology changes, you know, just kind of the way that the world becomes so much smaller and our ability to, to do those things. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about kind of the people side of business. Um, you know, as, as you work in your business and you kind of have your, your area of focus even within the business, um, but, you know, you have an opportunity to work with a lot of different types of people. Have you found, what are, what are some maybe specific um, personality characteristics that you know you just love to work around? These are the types of people that, that you're able to draw energy from. It's a good question. So, so for for me, I, I wouldn't categorize it as as a as a type of person, but more you know more so a you know a, a way of of way of you know a way of being, if you will. So I, I really like I really like people in general that are that are kind and empathetic, you yeah. know, within an organization. I think you know. There was there was a book or you know maybe it was an article. It was like it's called like the no asshole rule within a company. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I forget like it, something along the lines. I, I totally forget like what the specifics of it were. Where you know in an organization they don't want someone who's you know filled with filled with ego and filled with you know, all these negative qualities. And I think I, I think in an organization you need people who are the opposite of that who have yeah. you know very very low ego. You know everyone has an ego. We're human, but you know. Yeah. You, you put that on the back burner. People that are team players, people that you know, people that really kind of bring up the people around them and, and right. spread joy. You know, it's not really, not really specific traits, but just that general attitude. You know, to me, comes before skills. If you can, if you can have that that attitude, you know, the skills the skills can be developed and right. 
that 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 comes that comes almost secondary to the to the to the attitude for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. You know, one of the things, the way that I often put it um, in my recruiting business is what we're looking for are APC. We're looking for aptitude, personality, and commitment. And aptitude's pretty easy to understand. I mean, but the 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 least of the three of those things. Um, because if I can find someone that has the right personality to fit into a company culture, and I can get someone that has the commitment for this line of work and for this type of business, um, and you can you can train a lot of skills to the person that has personality and commitment, and um, and so I, I agree. I think you know having the ability to to work around those types of people that have that right attitude about things um, can make all the difference in the world and makes just a just a better workplace. I mean, whether it's your clients or your employees, um, just a more enjoyable place to be at work every day. Whenever you, you're surrounded by people with that right attitude, absolutely. And so, also, uh, you know, if you as you talk to people that are, um, you know, maybe that are that are kind of young and in that entrepreneurial mode, or even just kind of getting their getting their career going, getting their career started. Have you found any particular resources that you like to to kind of re- refer to other people, whether it's books or particular authors or podcasts or you know trade articles or whatever? But are there any particular resources that you would recommend to others that that you feel like have been beneficial for you for for people just starting out? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I really like I really like the um the Guy Raz how I built this podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a great um, one. Um I listen to that one all the time. That one, that one's a good one to listen to. Um I mean I I've I've I, I'm almost I, you know I, I don't think there's such thing as overread. You know, I read I probably read a different book on business you know, probably once every other week. So I'm probably reading yeah. two, you know, two to three books a month. But, you know, you, you want to, you know, whatever you're starting out and you want, you want to try to gain an understanding of the industry. So you yeah. want to read, read the books and, and knowledge and soak up, you know, whatever you can in that industry. Yeah. At the end of the day, you can only study so much before you yeah. do it. Right? Like when yeah. I started my first company, I was 16. I knew nothing, right? I didn't read right. a single book on business. I just started. Right? I saw I saw a name in the market and just, just went. Right. So yeah, I mean, you could do the, you could do the, you know, you can study as much as you want, but you can't study experience. Right. So you might as well, you might as well start something. And if you are starting something, my recommendation, we start something small mm-hmm. and you know, find a way to, that minimize your downside risk. Yeah. So my favorite story is, is you know, when Richard Branson started Virgin airlines, mm-hmm. he actually um, was able to give back the plane to Boeing, you know, when he first started out. So, yeah. so he, he, he worked the deal where his most expensive item and most expensive line item and starting a business yeah. was, you know, could, could be, it was refundable. Yeah. So he, he essentially, he essentially minimized his startup costs. Right. So, so yeah. if you are starting out, like you know, don't don't think you need to. By any means, if you're just starting out, you don't have a lot of money. Don't think you need to go raise, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go mm-hmm. start something out. You know, I, I literally started this company that I have now with two hundred and fifty dollars. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like you can you can start with nothing, and, and you know, there's enough resources out there to just kind of figure out it, figure it out, and, and get going. Yeah. 
That's good advice. Yeah, there's a book out there actually called uh, Ready, Fire, Aim. It's along those same lines. And I know I, I am oftentimes guilty of feeling like everything has to be perfect before I launch the new service, before I, you know, gener- you know bring to market the new idea. And um, and sometimes that's a, a kind of a good slap in the face reminder for me that it doesn't have to be perfect because it will it will get perfected along the way. Let's get it out there and then find yeah. out what the market wants because what they want may not be exactly what's in my head. Um and so that, that's great advice, really great advice. And, um, uh, and then you're right. You know, I love that statement that you can't study experience because that's, there's so much truth to that. You know, we can read and read and read, but at the end of the day, there's certain things we know because we've been there, we've done it, we've been through it. And whether we've read about it or not, that experience is what tells us how to do it next time. Uh, that's great advice. And, and the other two, per, you know, perfect and per- perfection is just, is just an excuse for insecurity. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, what is perfect at the end of the day, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, is, 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 is that even a thing that it actually exists? In my opinion, right. it doesn't because, yeah. you know, there's always something better and, you know, there's always, there's always something that, that, that could be, you know, a better solution to, yeah. to, to a problem. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, finding the right solution or the right thing and, you know, pushing through that, you know, that insecurity of perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell us a little bit about, um, tell us a little about your, your business there and what you do, how you do it and, and, uh, you know, and, and how you're able to help people. Yeah, so, so we call, we call ourselves a video solutions company. So we do three things, right? We have a video production side of the business. So we help companies produce content for modern media and modern media being social media, online, their websites, um, as well as for a lot of internal stuff as well. Right. Um, you know, then we have a, another part of the business where, that does consulting around you know, helping companies learn how to build build out their own, you know, video production in house. Mm-hmm. And paired with that is our is our product Flixation, which does on demand video editing. So yeah, yeah. Explain that to me. So. Companies, companies, and you know, big and small have some sort of raw video footage that they've taken mm-hmm. throughout their company. Yeah. But you know, a lot of times the bottleneck is trying to figure out how you're going to edit it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the big problem in the industry is like there's, there's just mountains and mountains of footage, and um, people have no idea what to do with it. So yeah. you know, people send us their video footage to tell us, you know, what what kind of what they want it to look like, and you know, we'll we'll spin that up into a nice professional looking video for them. Yeah. That's a great idea, Dave. I, I, and and you're exactly right that um, you know whether it's presenting at a conference or um, you know you're you're doing some sort of in-house training and you decide to film it or um, or you get this great idea of something you're going to film for a commercial someday. Um, you know, you're right. So many businesses have kind of this raw footage and then uh, now what do we do with it? And the idea of, of video editing can sometimes be incredibly daunting. I mean, just to think about like, I'm going to plug this into software and then I've got to figure out what to do with it. Um, so that, that's a great idea to give people that ability to say, hey, give me the information, give me the data, give me the, the footage, and then we'll do something with it. I think that's a, there's a great need in the market uh, to have something like that. So what a, what a great idea to, to be able to help those businesses out, especially small businesses that you know, they, they don't need to be taking the time to learn how to be video editors. You know, that's a whole other skill in and of itself. Um, so how can we learn more about you? How can we connect with you and kind of find out what you're doing, learn more about the company? For sure. So, uh, visit our site, uh, viralideamarketing.com. Um, just, you know, 
fill out a contact form on there if you want to get in touch. And, you know, I'm sure it'll get to me at, at some point. Uh, and, and, and we can, we can definitely chat. Yeah. Good. Um, and I'm also on all the, all the social medias. So all happy, right. happy to hear from anyone there. Yeah. And we'll put a link to the website, uh, in the show notes. So anyone can get to it from there. Um, and, uh, uh, Dave, I really appreciate it. Thank you for just sharing your insights and, and sharing some of the things that you're doing. Um, I appreciate the, the work you're doing and the way you're able to help the business community. It's very much appreciated. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day.